So, as you probably guessed, Missy crashed her car. To be fair, the laser blast from the spaceship chasing us blew giant holes in the road ahead of us. A hard swerve and a slamming of the brakes later, car met tree, and the tree won. The car ricocheted off the tree, rolled over several times, and came to a rest upside down. My first instinct is to make sure my baby is okay. Somehow, I held on to her, and Vera is fine and not even crying. But she looks... angry. Anton and Missy are unconscious, hanging limply, being held in place by their seatbelts. Anton? Missy? They don't answer. They don't even stir. And now I'm wondering if they're not unconscious, but dead. I unbuckle my seatbelt and fall onto the car ceiling. It's easy enough to crawl out of the car because the passenger side door is missing. I look around, and we're in a roadside field, and there's nothing but weeds. I think about the shitty luck of crashing into the only tree around that for miles. And then I see the spaceship has landed a hundred yards away. A government-issue black SUV drives up and parks next to the spaceship. Two aliens and two government agents, also known as a contingent of assholes, start walking towards me. Still holding Vera, I try to stand, but my legs feel all rubbery and I fall back down to my knees. Hey, assholes? This is my only warning. Do not come any closer. Just get back into your stupid vehicles and go away if you want to live. One of the government agents, the lead guy, laughs at me. Good try, but we're not falling for your bluff. If you still had your powers, we wouldn't be standing here right now, would we? They keep coming closer. Stop. Now. And they do this time. But it's not because they fear me. The agent is staring at Vera as if it's the first time he's seeing her. A baby. Your baby. I know what this asshole is thinking. He's looking at Vera as if she's some kind of science experiment. Something to be poked, prodded, and studied. Just then, I imagine all the scenarios that she could be put through. Like a sci-fi horror movie. If you touch her... I will kill you with my bare hands. Oh, I'm sure you'll try, but I would be disappointed otherwise. You will die trying. Lainu, listen to me. She will take good care of your child. She is a precious gift. Like you, she's a miracle. But unlike you, she hasn't been corrupted. She's still a blank slate. Hand her over now. We'll make it quick for you and your friends. Fuck off. They start closing in with weapons drawn, and I'm trying my best to call on my powers, but nothing's happening. Am I still just too drained from giving birth? Do you lose it all when you give birth and never get it back? What exactly are the rules here for alien-human hybrids like me? In my head, I call to my birth mom, my alien dad, and my other mom, Natasha. Guys, please, a little help? I could use some answers here. But of course they don't answer because, well, they're all dead. I stand and try to run, but after only a few steps, my legs give out again and I slam to the ground. I check to see if Vera's okay and she's making a face like she's in pain, but she's not crying. 
I stare at her and realize she's not in pain. She's pissed off. Her look is the newborn baby version of how Natasha looked when she would get really angry, like, I will tear your heart out and eat it, kind of angry. Then, a shadow falls over me. It's the agent with a smirk and pointing his pistol at my face. The circumstances are what they are. Please, just accept it. Killing me is not going to solve anything. Taking my baby is not going to help you accomplish whatever sick goals that you fuckers have in mind. Don't underestimate the human race. They will rise up. They will defeat you. That seems doubtful. Perhaps if there were a superhero among them, then maybe so. You were the closest thing to that, a superhero. But not quite. Because here you are, about to die. I give him the finger, clutch Vera to my chest, roll up into a tight fetal position. I clench my eyes shut and hope for... a miracle, I guess. And then... it happened. The miracle. It's Verochka, my spaceship flying out of the blue and blasting her lasers, blowing the shit out of the other spaceship and the government-issue SUVs. The aliens and agents are shitting themselves, sprinting to find cover where there is none. Verochka disintegrates each and every one of them, and it is glorious. She lands and opens the entryway. Still clutching Vera, I slowly trudge my way into Verochka. Verochka... How are you here? I thought I lost my powers, including being able to talk to you telepathically. How did you do that? It was not you. Uh, excuse me, if not me, then who? Who called for you? It was your child. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks, but that's not possible. I figured she would inherit at least some powers, but she's barely coherent because she was born, like, two minutes ago? If I had shoulders, I would shrug them. I do not know how she did what she did, but she did. I stare down at my baby, and she no longer has the angry face. She seems to relax now, and in fact, I think I can see a triumphant smirk, which I'm probably just imagining, but I wouldn't put it past her at this point. This tiny girl child who just saved all of our asses is making baby noises softly and nuzzling into my arms and against my breasts. Like it's nothing at all, thank you very much. Missy and Anton were alive and well, just knocked around a bit in the car crash. Once we recovered and caught our collective breath, we convened with all the surviving townsfolk. Knowing that more of the agents and aliens would likely show up to terminate all of us. But we knew better than to hang around. Conveniently, the random old guy, rest in peace at a fortified compound in the nearby mountains that we retreated to. 
And for the next two years, we planned, amassed weapons, and spread the word about how the fascist leaders of the world were in cahoots with the aliens and that we were going to launch the revolution. Vera, my baby, well, a toddler now, is smart as a whip, maybe too smart for her own good and ours, but she's an absolute charmer and a sweetheart. Uh, we still don't know the true nature of her powers. Aside from being able to communicate telepathically, she has telekinetic abilities, and when she puts her mind to it, she is freakishly strong. As for me, I've gotten some of my powers back, but I'm not at full strength, and I don't know if I'll ever be that again. It worries me because I can still hear that agent's words about how the only way that we could defeat them is if there is a superhero among us. Anyway, today, our little family is helping with collecting fruits and veggies from our community farm outside the fortification. Lenu, where's Fiera? I thought she was with you, picking strawberries. Right. Well, she couldn't have gone far. I can hear her chattering to herself. I can hear her too. Vera, where are you? Get your little butt back here and put in your share of elbow grease. Is she laughing? She's mocking my authority as usual. Vera, come to your mama. Sounds like her voice is coming from... Oh my god. I look at Anton and his jaw is hanging open and he's looking skyward. I follow his shocked look, shielding my eyes from the sun. It's Vera. Yes, up there, about 50 feet in the air. Holy shit, Anton. I know. She can levitate. She can fucking fly. This is scaring me. What if she falls? I think she's fine. Look at her. Vera's gliding about, paddling like she does when we take her to the lake, where we taught her how to swim. But still... Yeah, you're right. Vera, sweetie, can you come down now? And just like that, she drifts down, floating softly into my arms. That was really neat, Vera. It's amazing. But you have to be with Mommy and Daddy when you do that, okay? She nods and grins, so proud of herself. I put her down and she runs into the tomato vines, plucking tomatoes. You know what this means, right? Yeah, we do. Well, I guess, but she looks to be a natural. She's going to be fine. But what it really means is, we have our superhero now. But her against the world alone? She won't be alone. She has all of us. I know, but it would make me feel better if we had a team of superheroes. Who says we can't? I'm young and fertile, and you are constantly horny for me. If you're suggesting that we have to have a lot more sex in order to pump out more superhero babies, I'm all in, Mama. Didn't doubt you for a moment, Daddy. Our enemies are so fucked. Uh, yes, they are. Now let's get busy with the revolution, one orgasm at a time. All of us here at Radio Juice Media wanted to thank all of you for listening to Deep State Dossier Season 3. The end of this season brings an end to the Deep State Dossier saga, at least for now. But not to worry, there's a brand new story from Radio Juice Media coming your way. Among other things, the story involves a severed head, a resurrection, a man playing God because he's got the hearts for the woman of his dreams while breaking many laws in the process. In other words, it's a seriously disturbing love story. And it's called 
a love life like karmic disaster. So don't go too far away and stay tuned because this one's going to be a real mindfuck. See you soon. The Deep State Dossier Podcast is a production of Radio Juice Media. To learn more, go to our website, radiojuicemedia.com. The story was written by Casey Pope and produced by Mariana Baker. The voice actors are Tori and Hugo Chacon, Mariana Baker, and Biff Baker. If you like this podcast, you might also enjoy Casey's novels, available on Amazon, or visit his website at fugitivejuicemedia.com. Support Deep State Dossier on Patreon at patreon.com slash deepstatedossier for a whole bunch of exclusive stuff. We will shout your name or your business's name at the beginning of our show, as well as on Twitter. And of course, if you enjoyed the show, please rate us five stars and leave a nice review. For more information, including supporting material for each episode, visit Radio Juice Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening.